And he said, what are you going to do? And I said, I love what I do. I want to do it online. And I was going to do it in Spanish for Latin America. And he said, no, 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 let's do it worldwide. And I was like, come on, I don't have the knowledge and experience and all to do it worldwide. I said, don't worry, I'll put the money. I'll give you all my friends, all the contacts, all the thought leaders. Let's do it worldwide. And that's why we did it worldwide. So today we've done this for eight years and we've trained over 50,000 executives from 10,000 different companies in 68 countries around the world. Here's the thing, the fastest growing companies in the world, they're small businesses, often with less than 100 employees. So how are gritty entrepreneurs, CEOs, and founders like us going up against massive markets, scaling teams, building systems, and skyrocketing to success before crashing and burning? This podcast will give you those answers. My name is Chris Ronzio. Welcome to the fastest growing companies. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Chris Ronzio, and today I'm here with Daniel Marcos. He is the CEO and co-founder of Growth Institute. Hey, Daniel. Hey, Chris. How are you? I am great. Yeah, thanks for being here. So this episode is going to be kind of unlike some of the other episodes. I'm used to interviewing co-founders and founders and CEOs, but not all of them are specialists in growth like you are. And so you speak to this, you're you know, an author, a speaker, uh, this is what you do. So you're going right. to be able to give us some pretty unique insight here. And I can't wait to dig in. And I heard you already interview my partner, Vern Harnish. Yes, uh, so we'll we'll link back to Vern's episode, um, but uh, and and you and I will spin this in a totally different direction, and and feel free to to you know talk about Vern as well. Perfect. So um, for anyone that doesn't know, just can you share what is Growth Institute? So um, I've been uh, an entrepreneur for twenty one years, uh, and very early because of Vern, uh, Vern said a phrase that I, it just took in my mind that you need a village of gurus to grow your company. One guru doesn't have all the tools. Uh, and Vern has been recommending books for many years. I've been a student of his for 21 years, and I probably read, I don't know, a thousand or so business books. And uh, based on that, I all the time recommend books and, and give books away, and no one was reading the books. So one day I called Vern and I said, I'm really, really mad. I spent all this money giving books away, and people don't take the time to read them. So why don't we do them in video? And he said, love the idea. Let's put it together. Um, and we started Growth Institute eight years ago, precisely with the idea of putting all that village together uh, in a price and format that makes sense for entrepreneurs or C-level executives all over the world to be able to learn these methodologies and implement in their business. That's incredible. So. If people feel like they've got a huge list of books that have been recommended to them, is this kind of like a shortcut? They can sign up and get access to video content, training content? So we have we have two uh, formats of courses. Most of the books, if I tell you the book in 45 minutes or an hour, you got 80% of it, you have enough, right? Um, so we have over 100 of them in 45 minutes to an hour. The same thought leader, the author, telling you their book, giving you kind of the gist of what it's most important. And then we have a tool to help you implement that book in your business. And there's some other books like Scaling Up that it takes way more than an hour to go through it. Yeah, it takes way more than an hour. So what we do is we have what we call a master business course that lasts three months. And we take you week by week uh, learning in bite-sized pieces uh, content and then having coaching calls and masterminds and everything to help you implement. And the uniqueness of the program is you get, as an example, in Vern's class, scaling up, you get around nine hours of video with Vern. 
walking you step by step how to do one page plan, all the rest. And then you have uh, eight group coaching calls with a coach guiding you through a process. Then you have four masterminds of 90 minutes each based on the four decisions. And then we have a community with a WhatsApp and all that. Then they have four hours, all the CEOs with me of how to be a better CEO and how to implement scaling up at the CEO level uh, and all these kinds of things to really guide you to implementation. And we've had people that have implemented scaling up already five, 10 years ago, and they still go to the program and it was like, wow, just going through 50 to 100 companies together, implementing and helping each other is just a, a great way of learning a methodology and implementing it in your business. What an experience. So, so when you first pitched this idea, it sounds like you pitched it to Vern and said, here's the problem. How, how did, how did the, the business come to be? So let me go back a little bit. I'll, I need to tell a, a, bit, a little bit of a story. Um, I built my first company 23 years ago, so in Mexico. I'm originally from Monterey, raised in Mexico City. Uh, I had worked in a brokerage house during college. Uh, and then when I finished college, I went to Hong Kong two years to live, uh, work at the Mexican consulate. And I came back to Mexico to build the first fintech in Mexico. Uh, I was the first one to put the first like financial tickers of stocks, the Mexican stock market online. Oh, um, we got really lucky. Uh, we grew significantly, raised $70 million, uh, and then sold the operation with 1,200 employees all over Latin America. Uh, we had three banks, five brokerage houses. It was a really, really big operation. So I, I, was, I did Mexico, and then my competitor in Argentina called me and said, hey, I'm getting this really, really big line or, or investment, and I'm going to go into Mexico. So you want to be my competitor or you want to be my partner? And I was like, your partner? So let's do it. So he kind of acquired my company. We, we joined, and we did the same in Brazil, same in, in Venezuela and Chile. And then the five CEOs, we went together, raised all this money, and then grew it significantly. It was a great experience. And Vern coached me there. Wow. And that was a great success. And then I did a mortgage bank in the US, 2004. And 2008, you have to imagine what happened. And I got destroyed. Like you can imagine how bad I lost all my money. It was, it was really, really bad. Wow. And Vern called me and said, what are you going to do? And I complained on the phone like half hour and blah, blah. I, I was in a really bad spot in my life. Um, and by the way, this is a big mistake we make as entrepreneurs. If our business fails, we believe we're a failure. Hmm. And that's a huge mistake we make. And I, and I was in that rabbit hole six, eight months. Hmm. And Vern precisely helped me go, through, go, go out through, through it. Um, and I, he invited me to coach the scaling of methodology. And I was like, Vern, you're crazy. Like I, like, I don't trust myself to do another company. Now you want me to coach entrepreneurs. And he said, that's precisely why. <laughs> you went through such a hard process. You have to make sure it does happen again. And I began coaching and I was pretty successful as a coach, but I was traveling probably 250 nights a year doing coaching all over Latin America. Hmm. And one day my second son was born and I called Vernon and said, Hey, Vernon, I'm, I'm out. And he said, what do you mean you're out? And he said, I just have my second son. If I, I need to be a father, I need to be home. And he said, what are you going to do? And I said, I love what I do. I want to do it online. And I was going to do it in Spanish for Latin America. And he said, no, 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 let's do it worldwide. And I was like, come on, I don't have the knowledge and experience and all to do it world, worldwide. I said, don't worry, I'll put the money. I'll give you all my friends, all the contacts, all the thought leaders. Let's do it worldwide. And that's why we did it worldwide. Wow. So today we've done this for eight years. 
And we've trained over 50,000 executives from 10,000 different companies in 68 countries around the world. Wow. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. That's incredible. So 10,000 companies, 50,000 execs. And is there a particular company size? Who, what's the sweet spot for anyone that's listening? So we've served companies up to a billion and a half of revenue. Indeed, like Air France, we've got some employees of Air France going through one of our classes, but that's not our bread and butter. Yeah. Our, let's say 90% are companies doing between 1 million and 20 million in revenue. Got it. So as an example, if you want to get a coach to help you implement scaling up. And it's a, it's a great experience, but to get a coach is going to be, let's say 60 to $150,000, right? You could get a guided implementation with a coach online with all these companies and everything for three or $4,000. Wow. So, so, so we're able to do an economies of scale and really put a lot of companies together. I love that. So since the beginning, eight years ago, has the product and the platform changed much? Or is it just that you have more content on the platform? What's been the big so, change? Interestingly, the, the product has not changed, the, the main structure, but the experience has evolved dramatically. And then here, let me, let me give you a, a couple of, of, num of KPIs. So whenever you purchase a course online, uh, like you, you and me on all these places, the average completion rate of the course is 15%, one five. Wow. The Udemy's uh, and all the, sorry, all the MOOCs, uh, Udacity and all that, they have a completion rate of around 3%. <laughs> At the Growth Institute today, we have 80 to 85% completion rate. Wow, that's amazing. But we started at around 15, 20. So the product on the outside looks the same, on the inside is dramatically different. So the, the product has evolved a lot, but it's, it's, we, we, when we start discussing this, we believe that, and this is part of strategy, uh, eight years ago, we knew there was, everyone's going to be doing online courses. We knew it was going to be the trend, but you could not compete against YouTube. We believe if you want to see a good video, YouTube has amazing videos, what people want, and they will pay a premium for it is helping you implement the learning and have a result. Yeah. And human beings, we are not that self-executors. Uh, uh, yeah. we, we need guidance and help and community and the rest. Right. So we knew the hybrid method of learning was what we believe is going to be the future. And today it's been proven as an example. Udemy just got into our type of courses recently uh, because of the completion rates. They said, yeah, we have millions of people buying our courses. They're just not using them. Right. First, they don't even go to the end and very few of them implement the courses. So, uh, so the hybrid method of learning, we believe is the right model to implement this. So by, by coaching people and by helping them implement, you get the completion rates further along, which improves the experience, which I'm sure improves the referability. But I want to go up up funnel a little bit. Yeah. How do you actually attract people into your platform? Because uh, it sounds like you have some great influencers, these authors and, and people. Is, is that part of the model that they're promoting this and, and getting a, a cut? That's part. So, so we... Uh, we believe that after a consolidation, uh, every, every industry, when it starts, first you get thousands of competitors and players, and then there's a consolidation. Hmm. And we believe the consolidation is going to 
be led by the biggest brands. It always happens. Some of the startups and, and people get great brands in the middle and they are, uh, let's say, they come out strong, but 99% of the competitors disappear because they were not able to build a brand. Hmm. So we partner with the biggest brands in learning or coaching and we bring them online. Uh, as an example, uh, do you know Salim, Salim Ismail from Singularity? Oh, yeah. So I went to Singularity uh, 2013. And one night I had a conversation with Salim, like until three or four o'clock in the morning. And he told me he was writing a book. And he told me he was writing a book. And I said, Can I buy your rights online? And Salim was like, What do you mean? And I was like, Yeah, you're going to write a book. You're going to sell your royal or the, the, the license to a publisher to publish a book. I want to buy your rights and your license for online education. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, yeah, in the future, whenever you have content, you're going to have license for printed, for audio and for video. I want to buy your lights for video. And he so, was like, okay. <laughs> were, were people doing that? Or was that a real business model innovation to purchase something that people weren't even trying to sell? That's where, what we started doing eight years ago. Hmm. And, and we went to a lot of really high level thought leaders and start partnering with them and being their partners for online education. Smart. And, so and smart. today's paying big time because we saw it eight years ago. So how much of your, of your marketing and advertising, I guess, today then is driven by those partners as opposed to internal efforts of you to get the brand out there? We do 98% of the work, or, or the, but using a lot of their brand and their knowledge. Like yeah. Vern Harnish. Vern has been helping companies for 30 years, right? Right. If I do an ad of me online or I do an ad of Vern, way more people are going to see Vern's ad. and They're going to have a response, right? right? So I am really behind the scenes and I produce with my team all the advertising and everything and we just put it online. And so, our response of our advertising is usually much higher than the average. Yeah, that makes total sense. So, so then let's pivot to behind the scenes because you've built this business that relies on these big brands or, or helps Correct. promote their content. What does the business behind that business look like? How, how big is the team today? Today we have 22 people. 22 people. Let's see. Yeah. And Mostly in Mexico, by the way. Uh, oh, I'm wow. originally from Mexico. So um, let's say all our marketing and sales team is in the US. All the operating team is in Mexico. Interesting. Okay. Um, why? And, and this is, uh, uh, we know that the internet broke the geography uh, of many things, including team members, right? Yeah. So you could hire someone for a much lower rate in Mexico. And in example, our office is in Austin. So whenever I'm trying to hire someone in marketing or something, I'm competing against Facebook and Apple and really these big brands with really, really big budgets. Mm -hmm. Whenever I go and hire someone in Mexico, they want to work for an international company like ours. So I'm able to get top quality of the market for a much lower rate. I love that. So, so our team is amazing at a much lower cost than a typical company in the US. Now, why do you think most, uh, or I shouldn't say most, but a lot of companies are tentative to hire people across geographic borders. Uh, there's preconceptions that they'll uh, it'd be too hard to communicate or they'll lose quality. So what would you say to those businesses? Culturally, they don't know. Uh, and they are afraid of things they just don't know. 
but I grew up in Mexico. I built my first company in Mexico. I, I know everyone in Mexico. That's my market. Um, so for me to hire a high-level tech guy in Mexico is much easier. And programming is programming. Finance is my finance. Customer support, like UX, it's exactly the same. Running ads in Facebook, it's exactly the same. It's a, it's a point of leverage that you found. And I think I, people need to hear this because it, we've done the same thing. You know, with Trainual, we have employees in four different countries. Um, with another business I'm part owner in, there's uh, employees in 11 different countries. And it's it's such a competitive advantage. Such a competitive advantage. Yeah. And, and not just from the price, but from the different perspectives and the different cultures. And it's, it's a beautiful thing when you make it work. Correct. And for us, it's been a great competitive advantage for us. So, so um, your, your customers, it sounds like, are really geographically distributed too. Is that, has that been very organic or have you done something to set up a presence in these other countries? Um, so usually the thought leaders that we have partnerships with, uh, they have followers all over the world. Hmm. And for someone in, and as an example, the other day, we had a company from Iran going through our program. And by the way, it was impossible to charge them because there's no credit card system of the U.S. that you could charge an Iranian card. <laughs> wow. So they had to pay one of their suppliers in Canada, and their suppliers in Canada paid us. Wow. Um, but someone in Iran got the book from Scaling Up. They love it. For them to hire a Scaling Up coach was very, very difficult, and they went through our program. Wow, that's incredible. So you're, so, making, you're making it more accessible even worldwide for people, which is great. And we're getting people all over the world in all types of time zones. Our class of scaling up are so big that usually we have the same class at 9 a.m. in the morning, 2 p.m. and 8 o'clock at night. Let's say Easter time. So we could serve everyone all over the world. Oh, that's great. So uh, because it's such a big part of your business, uh, I want to focus in on this influencer partnership type idea, because uh, if a company is trying to use or, or partner with influencers in order to get the word out about their business, how do you approach someone like that? Um, what's the best way to, to create like that win-win scenario? So, so I want to differentiate it from influencer marketing. Yeah. Because in our case, we are selling their knowledge. Mm. We're selling their experience, their content. We're not hiring a celebrity to say that our product is great. No, it's the same thought leader that wrote the book, that gave the class and stuff like that. Yeah. So we, we go and look for them and say, hey, we could give you a much bigger audience than the one you have. And another way, as an example, we have a professor. Um, she, she's an amazing negotiator. Uh, from Kellogg. She's a professor from Kellogg. Um, she has never written a book. That's why she's not that very well known, but she's an amazing negotiator. Uh, her name is Victoria Medvek in Chicago. And we work with Victoria. Victoria, by the way, if you go to YPO, that's the negotiator trainer for all YPO. Hmm. Um, and because we're in YPO and EO, we know Victoria. We look, look for her uh, many years ago. We recorded a class with her. With her fees, and experience, she just works with 20 or 30 companies a year, all yeah. Fortune 500. We brought her content to the mid-market companies, and people are able to learn from her without ever talking to her, without ever her knowing their name, and we're able to bring her content to a size of companies that she had no access to. 
So it's it reminds me. Uh, I, I think you know Peter Diamandis, and he says that the digitizing and democratizing content. All of like, that. That's exactly. Peter what is in our faculty, um, and I I met him when he wrote his first book, uh, Abundance. I met him on part of the promotion, and we helped him uh, part of that promotion. Oh, that's exciting. Okay, so. I'm I'm curious how your role has changed from the beginning. From you know eight years ago, I bet you were doing uh, a lot, wearing a lot of hats. And so, how has your position changed since then? So every company has three hats mainly: the technical work, uh, doing the courses, video editing, all that. The second one is the administration, like finance, uh, legal, or HR, all that. and then the entrepreneurial part that is selling. Today, I really just do the entrepreneurial part. But at the beginning, I was doing everything. I was chasing with cameras in my bag in planes, going to thought leaders' houses to record the courses. And it, the first course that we had, it was me with some lights and, and a tripod uh, flying all over the U.S. and recording at their thought leaders' office because we had budget to record in a studio. Today, now we spend fifty, a hundred thousand dollars building a class. Hmm. Back then, it cost us. $600 that it was the flight for me to fly there in their office with a 1080 camera. And that was it. Um, and I was editing the course at night and then telling them. Uh, today, I just focus on the strategy and selling. Um, all the technical administration, I have a great team that does that. So usually you start doing the three things and you have to evolve staying on thing that you're the best at. And for me, it's the entrepreneurial part. Right. That's great. So, so what's next then? Is, is there another business model shift and evolution coming when you think about what you do today and who you serve, or is it more of the same? So it's more of the same, but interesting. If you all know the flywheel from Jim Collins, right? Yep. So the flywheel, our flywheel originally was, you know, you have several things in the flywheel, but most of the traffic or, or engagement comes through one of the steps of the flywheel. And for us was thought leaders. People we're following a thought leader. The more thought leaders that we got, the more followers we got to grow this season. And now it's changing. Now the community is the strongest. Hmm. And now we get a lot of calls of thought leaders saying, I want to teach to your community. We already have a community of 10,000 companies. So now we have thought leaders coming and said, hey, that community, I want to be able to serve and, and, and teach and train that community. So, so for me, it's all about building a great community and helping the community grow. Um, our BHAG, our dream, is to help 10 million leaders of mid-market companies be able to scale their impact and reduce their drama uh, of running a company. You know what it's like to scale a company. It has a lot of drama. Um, so my role is being part of building that community and supporting the community. So you know you're successful when you build the community and the thought leaders are knocking on your door instead of the other way around. So if, if people want to be part of your community, where should they go? Where do they learn about Growth Institute? So growthinstitute.com, that's uh, our site, social media and stuff. Uh, we do uh, a lot of webinars of education. Uh, we have some videos for free. We have an amazing blog. Um, every time we work with a thought leader, the way we we promote our classes is writing a lot of great, great content. It's, it's crazy. We've seen people said, Hey, I implemented a methodology just for reading your blog and getting the videos in your blog. So we have really, really strong content on the blog that it's all for free, of course. Uh, and that way you could start getting the knowledge and implementing and scaling your company. Um, 
So going to the blog is really important. Fantastic. Well, if you've been listening to this and you've been fortunate to hear Daniel Marcos talk about Growth Institute, like he said, over eight years, he's built a really efficient team of 22 people serving 10,000 companies and 50,000 executives at those companies with content from all different thought leaders that they've partnered with over the years. A couple of the tips that I love, just hacking the geographic boundaries to find the best people wherever they are and really optimizing your business around that, separating out the technical work from the ad admin work from the entrepreneur work and grabbing onto the thing that you love. You've built an amazing business, an amazing brand, and uh, really fortunate to have you on here today. So thank you, Daniel, for being here. Thank uh, you, Bruce. For everyone else, hopefully you can take a page from Daniel's playbook, stick it in yours and and, and replicate some of his success. Indeed. I have a, a, a PDF that I built that I usually give away uh, of how companies grow on stages and what you have to do in each stage and what's the right methodologies you have to implement in each stage. So I'll, I'll give you that if you could put it uh, below the, the podcast, we'll appreciate that. Yeah, where can they find it? Is it a link they can I'll, I'll send you an email with, with a link. Okay, so check out it, notes below. It's a below. long link. <laughs> <laughs> notes below. Um, we'll include that in the show notes. And uh, Daniel, thanks again for being here. Thank you, Chris. Hey, thanks for listening to the Fastest Growing Companies podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. If you found the information helpful, share it with your friends and family that can benefit from it. You can also find Trainual's company account at Trainual, just like a training manual. We'll see you next time.